Okay, anybody ever told you something you did not like? Come on. You, you, every one of you, somebody has told you something you did not want to hear, you did not like to hear. Whether it was um, personally bad news, um, something that you just were angry and didn't want to hear, it could have been anything. So we need some participation from you guys. Jeez. Um, yes, oh my gosh. The spirit of offense came into our van this morning. Um, my daughter was said, oh, I'm going to go on a date with Jordan. And, I'm like, and she's like, I'm going to go to the beach, and we're going to eat country dairy. And, you know, and Sarah goes, wrong. She's like, what? She goes, they're closed on Sunday. She's like, I'm just not going. And I'm like, oh. And she's like, that's it. I just, well, we're like, you can go here, and you can go do this. I, don't, I just don't want to go anymore. I'm just, I'm just done. I can't. The whole reason I'm going is country dairy. And I'm like, she did not like what she heard. That is a very common reaction to our in our house when the women in our house do not like what they have to hear. Yes, or the men. Yes. I was almost as infuriated as hers when I went to, when I found out Country Dairy wasn't open because I was going to hide in the trunk and um, just go to Country Dairy with them. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So you guys have heard something you didn't like. Whether it was good for you, bad for you, kind of in the middle, you've all heard that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So how many of you guys have heard something said to you by someone, someone said something to you, and you got really upset by it? Okay. A majority of you. How many of you, when you were told that, you didn't like it, but you knew it was the truth? Yes. Amen. That's a daily thing. If you're married, your spouse will tell you what you don't want to hear when it is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that didn't work too well for me. Like, we have enough animals. I was speaking the truth. We have enough animals, but no, we got more animals. Um, Pray for me because when my children are out of the house, I may have to find a, a place to sleep that is not animal infested. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we have a culture in, in, in the world today that is um, it's permissive and it allows people to go on living the way they live. And it's in the church too. All right, but we have a culture in, in society, and it's rising up in the church that is a permissive and allowing of sin in the name of love and acceptance. You know, in the last three or four years, it's like, if you don't accept us, you're, you're hateful, you're evil. Um, you are a bigot, you're whatever you want to call it. There's, there's so many words thrown out these days of, you know, whenever somebody gets hurt about their feelings and their snowflakes start to melt, and... But we've we've allowed this in the churches, and it's a it's a it's this mindset of well, I don't want to hurt their feelings because you know that's not being loving. How many of you ever got your feelings hurt by the word of God? Ever read the Bible and like, man, that's really offensive to me because I'm living in sin right now. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, this is an error that we have uh, uh, accepted as okay. Think about this. When you're working and there's an error, what do you do? You go and fix it, right? 
well, we've allowed this error to continue on in culture and in the church culture and to say, oh, well, it's okay because Jesus loved people. Yes, he did, but he didn't put up with their crap. This is a wrong and false belief that our modern churches have started to accept is we just need to love each other. We need to love everyone. And I'm not saying we don't need to love people. But we've accepted this model in the modern church for the sake of keeping attendance up, keeping the money coming in, uh, not getting a bad review on um, Facebook, Yelp, Google, you know, all those good ones. Um, a decline on online viewing. We don't have to worry about that. Um, losing Facebook followers, not having enough money, not having enough views on YouTube, not having enough people buy the next big album that's coming out and not getting the sales you want. We've done this in the mind of cowardice. We're afraid to stand up and say what the truth of the word of God is because we're afraid that somebody's going to be offended and then we're going to have to, you know, deal with the backlash. Problem is, is we have too many keyboard warriors, keyboard, you know, assassins in the world. And they, and instead of dealing with it, they, they tend to go on every message blog and post and, and tell them how offended they were and how upset they were at, you know, somebody who did this and said this. And it's like, you need to grow up. Do you know we have bad reviews at church here from people? Yes, we do. I literally commented on a restaurant about three years ago, two years ago. I said, thank you for staying open. And some random person who doesn't know us commented and left this long, like, three-paragraph rant on how we're just a horrible church and I'm just a horrible person. And I'm like, I've never met you and you've never been to our church. And I can tell for a fact you've never been to our church because I know who's been to our church and who hasn't been to our church. But they left a, a, a review and just scathing like oh they're just they're all hypocrites and i'm like okay that's fine you can leave that review um if you know me please leave a review if you know me um please don't leave that review but um but somebody didn't like what i said on a personal level and decided to say well i'm mad at you because of what you said so i'm going to take it not just here but i'm going to go here and i'm going to go here and i'm going to try to go everywhere possible to run you through the mud and so what happens is, is people have started to be afraid of speaking the truth because, well, they're going to leave a bad review. Well, what if they leave a bad review? Well, let them leave a bad review. If they don't like you, let them talk bad about you. If they don't like what you said, let them run away. We spend more time trying to... I'm being a keyboard warrior. No, I'm just kidding. So John 8. John 8, 31 and 32 says this. I'll go. I'll read most of it for you. It says, you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. They answered him, where's Abraham's descendants and have, and have never been enslaved to anyone? What do you mean by saying you will be set free? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, everyone who practices sin habitually is a slave to sin. 
Now the slave does not remain in the household forever. The son of the master does not remain forever. So is the son, so if the son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. See, what's happening there is this, is the Jewish people didn't understand the difference between physical freedom and spiritual freedom. They equated everything as one. If you, if you really look into the Jewish um, um, religion, everything is, is really equated as one, where if you're free physically, that means you're free spiritually. And that's from what I've understood and, and gotten from it. But, but Jesus says, if you're truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think so many times we try to tell the truth, but put a, a really nice marshmallowy glow to it. And, you know, like, hey, we're just going to sugarcoat this. So I'm going to tell you the truth, but we're going to use a bunch of, oh, honeys. And, oh, we really love you. And, yes, we, we love people when we tell them the truth. But we, what, we, what has happened is, is we're so afraid to tell people because we're afraid that they're going to be mad at us. We've got, we, for the, I don't understand how this works, but because... Uh, I don't have emotion involved in any of that part, but um, how people can be so afraid to say something to somebody. It's like we've lost any gumption that we've had to be able to speak the truth. And I'm not saying sitting there, well, you're this and you're this, and, and doing it in a um, demeaning or undermining way, but I'm saying just actually speaking the truth. Jesus did not say love will set you free. He said, knowing the truth will set you free. Love does not free you. The truth frees you. It is, it's, it, it is Jesus' loving kindness. It's God's loving kindness that brings us to redemption. It brings us to salvation. It brings us to um, a, a new life with him. But what happens is, is we are so afraid to say anything. We're afraid to address um, family matters. We're afraid to address sexuality in the church. Now it's like, oh, sexuality, that's a... Oh, that's a that's a no-no for the church. Who created it? I mean, we live in a country that we can pretty much say anything we want. I mean, it, it's good and bad. I'm just saying. I've seen. I've heard some things that I'm like, oh my gosh. But we don't understand. Is in foreign countries, you say certain things. Our our crazy friends to the north. If you say certain things about sexuality, you can be put in jail for speaking hate speech. Used to love our friends to the north. Now I'm not so friendly with them. Um, but love does not free you. It will actually condemn you to hell. There's no amen on that one. Okay. I'm, what I'm saying is, is this: is love by itself does not free you. You can love somebody and literally send them to hell. Well, I just love them, and I'm just I'm loving them where they're at. Well, yes. But Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said this. He goes, I am the only way to God and the real truth, the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said, I am the tr way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, oh, I, I'm, I am love. And I just love people. I, 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 oh, it irks me. I'm listening to Christian. Well, Jesus just loved everybody. Yes, he did. But did he leave Zacchaeus in the tree and say, you're fine where you're at. Stay there. 
Did he leave the woman at the well and say, oh, that's okay, keep living with whatever man you want and stay there? No, he didn't. He said, the life you're living is not right. Turn from it. Did he leave Matthew in the tax collecting booth? Did he leave his disciples the way they were? Did he leave them? No, he didn't. He said, this is the life you're living. You need to stop and follow me. Love didn't free them. What freed them was the truth. And Jesus was there. Jesus is the truth. And he freed them. He said, this is the way to go. But we, we spend so much time, I just want to hug them and love them. Oh, honey, you're just, God loves you where you're at. Wrong. God does not love you where you're at. He loves the sinner, but he doesn't, but what he expects is for you to turn from your sin and then bring him, and then he brings you where you should be. Romans 2, 3 through 5. It says this, it says, Do you suppose, O man, who you, who you judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume that the riches of his kindness and his forbearance and his patience, do not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance, but because your hard and impetuous hearts, you are storing up wrath for yourself, on the day of the wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. It says his loving kindness leads us to repentance. Being kind, being loving, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. That is, is part of who God is. He is love. God is love. And he sent his son because he first loved us. Before we loved him, before we even knew who he was, before we were born, he loved us. What happens is, is this, is we just want to have this weird, crazy, oh, we love everybody, hippie fest, and we don't want to offend anybody because then they might not come back to church or they might not listen to what I have to say. We've, we've, our culture has become so uh, focused on me having my own platform and me, I want to be, you know, what happens is, is we got leaders in the church who are like, oh, I'm a thought leader. Well, whose thoughts are you thinking? Because here's the thing is, we want to be leaders in this. We want to, we want to think this. We want to, well, I think this. Whose thoughts are we thinking? What's happened is, is we've, we've bought this lie of the enemy that says, oh, well, this is okay, and, you know, we just need to love everybody. You know, people, people want to say, well, the, the enemy tricked us into this. The enemy didn't trick us into anything. You know what the enemy tricked you into thinking is that if you love somebody, that they will change. Loving somebody and telling them nothing is the same as hating them. You can love somebody and watch their life spiral down and go into the pit, and you're like, well, I love them. What happened? It's like getting into a car. You're driving down the road, and you're, you're, you see a sign, and for a curve and the, the sign is down and you've never driven this road and the person that's behind you a mile is never driven this road before and you just well, they'll figure it out the, the, they'll see the curve and letting the just driving on and not turning your flashers on not waving at someone saying hey there's danger here there's something that can be destructive and you can die from
the truth does nothing for the lost. does nothing for the people who need it. What it does is it tells them, you're okay on your way to hell. You're buying them a first-class ticket on the bus to hell by saying, oh, we just love you the way you are, and God loves you. Yes, he does, but he also wants them to come to repentance. We cannot love people without t- telling them where they, can, where they could go for the rest of their life, where they can spend eternity. The most common phrase I hear, God just, God just lo- accepts you as who you are. It's not true. God loves you. He doesn't accept sin. He doesn't accept any of that stuff. The reason God loves you is because he finds value in you. He sees more in you than you see in yourself. God does not accept sin, but he does accept the repentant person who turns from their sin. And what happens is is when you repent from your sin and you turn towards God, then he's like, now you've given me something to work with. Now you've given me an opportunity to do something in your life. But loving people also has to be telling them the truth. Telling that God doesn't agree with this. God does not accept this. And I think for some of us, our rebellious hearts, we're saying, well, that's okay. God will forgive me. But we keep doing it. When the truth is presented to us, what happens when the truth is presented to you is this, is you should turn from it and walk the other way. Figure out a way to resolve it. Figure out a way to have a solution for that, and that solution is Jesus Christ. It's, re- it's repentance. It's, it's forgiveness. But in our rebelliousness, our hearts are, are arrogant. Our hearts are prideful. They're rebellious in every way. We're like, well, God, God loves me. I, I asked for forgiveness one time, but I kept doing the sin. But I asked for forgiveness one time. I understand that, that forgiveness is there. But continuing on a lifestyle of sin, continuing on a lifestyle of, I'm going to do it, but God still loves me. Are we not testing his grace? Are we not pushing his grace and saying, well, you know, your grace is sufficient and is sufficient for me, but I'm just going to keep pushing the limits and pushing the boundaries. What happens when our kids push the boundaries? They mess around and find out, right? Yeah. So what happens is, is this, is do we really want to mess around and find out? We spend so much time figuring out ways in our heads to do stupid things. And to, I mean, come on, guys. We all know that. Guys all know that. We all figure out ways to do stupid things. I mean, it may not be try to be harmful, but we'll figure out a way to do stupid things. Boys will find any way to do something stupid, and they'll find some way to do something destructive, um, painful, anything possible. That's why God created man first. He knew the amount of stupid that was going to come into humanity, and that's why man was first. like, let's get some of that stupid out, then we'll give you a wife. And then we'll figure it out. But that's the human condition. We will do whatever we can to push the limits on everything. We will push the limit on, like, just, like, I'm, so this morning we're having a meeting, and 
James is at that door, and his parents tell him, don't go out the door. And he looks down to see where his feet are. If they're at that threshold line where the door and, and where the floor and the, uh, the other floor meet, and he, lo- he looks and he goes, well, I'm already out there, so I'm just going to commit to it. And he just takes off. And that's the way we are as humans. In our sinful nature, we're like, well, I've already started this, so I'm just going to commit to this and fully go into it. But why do we, why do we push so far towards the edge of, of his grace? And again, his grace is boundless, but we're like, let's just test it out. We're going to keep testing out. It's like in the winter when you're like, hey, I want to go ice fishing, but I don't know if the ice is good, so I'm just going to step out. Hold my hand. I'm just going to step out one more. And you're like, okay, seems okay. And then, you know, in the winter you're fishing, and then it's about March, and you're just like, I still want to go. But I don't know if the ice is good. So you're like, you kind of you smack it with a stick, you know, trying to go out. You see all the holes that are starting to melt. My neighbor used to get out in a rowboat in the spring, and he would, he would th- throw a rowboat out there with a rope attached to it, tie it off to a tree, and then he'd go fish, ice fish, from his rowboat in the holes that he had drilled because they were good spots. And I'm like, okay, why are we doing that? Why do we do that as Christians? Why do we do that as human beings? Well, I really want to test this. I'm going to find any way I possibly can to get out there and to push it. God's grace is boundless, but there's going to be a cutoff point where he says, okay, it's time to stop. We're like, oh, I'm just going to push a little farther. Like, see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've all had kids, and they're like, stay here. And they're like, mm-hmm. they just look at you, and they're like, they just keep doing that little step. But we do that to God, and I'm, I'm saying, why do we do that? But why do, why do we allow that in our own lives? But then what happens is this, is we see people who are in need of a Savior, and we're not willing to say one thing to them. We're willing to test God's grace and push the boundaries and see what we can get away with with God sometimes. Am I right? We all do it. We're like, well, you know, I don't know about that. And we try to justify it in our heads while we're, while that little voice called the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. And you're like, well, you know, it's okay. But we've, we've accepted that mindset that it, it's okay for everybody else to do that too. It's okay. We're just going to love people where they're at. And we're not going to say anything to them. We're not going to mention that, hey, this is probably wrong and this is a great way to go a place that you don't want to go. So loving people has to be mixed with truth. Has to be mixed with truth. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says this, so that we may no longer be children. Remember that phrase. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes, rather be speaking the truth in love, we are growing up in every way into him who is the head, Christ, from the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, that which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Think about it. So that we may no longer be children. We have to get past this. We have to grow up in this past this mindset. Think about this. 
when you have little ones, you say, okay, you need to be kind to them, be nice to them, don't hit, share toys. And that's great. Well, what happens when they, they're 13, 14 years old and someone pushes them? What do you tell them to do? Hit them back. We used to do that with our kids. Mom, she's smacking me. Layla would be like, Lana's smacking me. Like, hit her back. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm, don't, it worked for our kids. I'm not saying it works for everybody. They just kind of do that slap and scream, you know, scream, whatever it is, and then start laughing and giggling because they couldn't stay mad at each other for that long. Um, but we have to, we have to grow. We have to start to mature in our belief system. We have to start to mature in the way that we actually love people. Can, we're so afraid to say anything that's controversial to our society. Like, oh, well, what if we offend society? I'm hoping that I offend society. I'm hoping that we offend this culture that we have today. If our lifestyles are not offensive to the world, then we're doing something really wrong. You need to stop and think, okay, am I accepted by all of the people I know that are unbelievers? And if you're accepted by a majority of the unbelievers, then you probably need to stand up for what is the truth. If you, I look at it this way. If I have at least two or three people hating me, I know that my lifestyle is somewhat offensive to somebody. I probably have more than that. I'm just saying because I, I can be very offensive sometimes in not the best ways, but um, sometimes I need to add more love with truth, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's finding that good balance. But um, if unbelievers love you and they have nothing against you, then you probably are not speaking the truth of what God's word says. We had people that said, we don't like them. I'm like other people said, why don't you like them? Because they love God. That is perfect. I am okay with that. If you don't love me and you hate me because I love God, have a great day. Move along. I don't care. I, I'm I'm really um, I'll say this in the most loving way. I could give two cares how much you like me if it's that's the reason that you hate me. but we have to grow up and no longer be children. It says speaking the truth in love. Not love to speak the truth. Not love to tell people off. Not love to, to well, I said this to them. You should have seen their... No, it's, it's, saying to, it's going to them when they're in times of sin and backsliding or they don't even know God and say, man, this is destructive. It's like seeing somebody that has a needle full of drugs and you know it will kill kill them and just say that's okay it's not but the thing is is when we stand up to someone when we see someone driving for a cliff instead of saying have a good trip it's you don't do that right no you you're waving at them you're flagging them down you're trying to do anything you can to stop them from going over that edge from and that's the truth, because you love them. But uh, for some reason, our culture is like, oh, you're just, you're just God's best. You're just how God designed you. I'm like, mm, no, that's not true. God designed us as human form, but that is our lifestyle sometimes is not what God designed. God has so much better for us, has such a better way for us. But what we've done is we've just like, well, I'm just going to love them all the way to hell. 
hope that makes it on the podcast. I hope that was heard. Yeah. Um, so loving people has to be mixed with truth. If, I, if anybody's ever told you the truth and it was the what God was saying and you got offended by it, that's okay. I get offended by myself every day. I read the word of God. I'm like, oh, oh, mm, cringy. You know, you ever read the word of God and you cringe because you're like, oh, I got to change that. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, yep, I was doing this. And if you read the word of God and didn't get it, your spouse will let you know. Just saying. But accepting sin and telling the people the truth are two different things. There's nowhere in Scripture we can look and say sin was accepted by God. He let them sin. Yeah, go ahead. You have free will. You can sin, say whatever you want, do whatever you want, worship some weird cow out in the middle of the, of the desert. That's fine. You're going to do whatever you want. But God gave them the truth. Because Moses comes back down and he's like, yep, I got it on stone for you here. And he said, this is what the truth is, and this is how you're supposed to live. And we can love people, but we cannot love them and leave them in the same mess that they're in. We have to help them get out of it. And sometimes the truth is so hard to say to people because you love them, but you have to say that to them. Like, I love you enough to tell you the truth, that your life is going this way, and God is, is you're leaving God behind, and God is, is searching for you, and whatever it is. But we have to say that to people. Don't worry about your followers on Facebook, if you have Facebook. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about if man is, is approving your message. Don't worry about if people don't like you because you won't compromise in certain areas. Don't worry if you won't talk a certain way and you won't live a certain lifestyle. If you won't go drinking with them every night when they get out of work. There's a certain standard we have to have as Christians. We have to live as representatives of Christ. And I'm not saying that spending time with sinners is wrong. What I'm saying is, is are you living the same lifestyle that they are living? This is going over well. Yes. If I've offended you, there's going to be a line forming here about 2.30. I won't be here, but you can um, you can form that line right over there. But don't condemn people to hell by just loving them. Paul says we have to speak the truth, love them enough to tell them that I love you, but this is not healthy. This is not correct. Man, God has a plan for you, and your life is going in a way that is going to lead you to hell. Don't be the usher at the gates of hell for the people around you. Come on in. Have a good day. Welcome. Don't do that. Don't be that person because you just love them enough to send them there. This is the body needs to be working properly that we will grow, we will grow and build itself up in love. But he didn't say love. He said we need to what? Speak the truth in love. That means I love you enough to say, hey, your lifestyle is really starting to take effect on you. I see you heading in a bad spot. And you know what? I, God loves you. I love you enough that I'm going to say something to you. 
we're all guilty of not saying something to someone and watching their lives fall apart and said, I should have said something to them. Have you guys been there? Like, I should have said something to them. I should have just tried to intervene. You didn't even have to try to lead them to the Lord, but just to intervene and say, man, there's something going on. Help, let me help you with that. But we, we, we forget to do that because we just want to love people. Because we're so afraid of what people are going to say about us. If you're afraid of what people are going to say about you, come to me. I will say everything bad about you, and then it can get, you can get it all taken care of, and then you can go out and not be afraid of it. Just kidding. I won't do that. What I'm saying is quit worrying about what man has to say. What can he do to you? What's he going to do, cancel you? Ooh, wow. You know what cancel culture is? It's just them canceling themselves. Oh, well, I, didn't, I didn't love that, so I'm going to cancel you. Well, go for it. Try canceling the church. Try canceling the word of God. It's great. It, you try to cancel church and you try to cancel the word of God, guess what? Six more sprout up somewhere else. You can't cancel what God is doing. But what you can do is by not loving someone enough to tell them the truth, you can cancel their ticket to where they're going. You can give them a, a trip to heaven or hell. And I think... I believe and I know that God looks at us and says, I love everybody, but he needs repentance. Repentance is the key. So when culture says, oh, we just got to love people, look at them and go like this. Because here's the thing is, culture does not dictate where people go for eternity. Culture does not dictate what you do and what relationship you have excuse me, with the creator. If you allow culture to take over and say, well, I'm just, I'm going to, you know, I listened to this online person. He said, we just have to love people where they're at. And yes, you do love people where they're at. But if you see them spiraling down, if you see them when they're on a, on a, a one-way ticket to wherever, you need to stand up and say, I love you enough to, and you know what, you've done your part. You spoke the truth in love and you can say, you know what, whatever you do from here, I can't control that. I'm not God. You can't control them. But you can say, I spoke up and I said that to a man that they needed a savior, that God loved them, but you can't do anything after that. Speaking the truth and love does not come back to you. I controlled every aspect of their life until I know they were in heaven. It comes back to you. I spoke to them. I gave them the gospel. I presented Jesus to them and leaving it at that for them to make that choice. What's happening in our culture is this, is they're not understanding the difference between spiritual freedom and physical freedom. I can do what I want. I'm free. Really? Because you're bound in sin and on your way to hell. But man, I got freedom to do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can try to cancel whoever I want. I can live however I want. I can call myself whatever weird name. I can call myself whatever weird, stupid pronouns they want to choose these days. I'm free. I can do what I want. But you know what? Guess what? They're bound and going to hell. We were all there at one time. That's, the, that's the, the scary thing is we were all there at one point in our life. 
We all had, no, I didn't have pronouns. Yeah, it's great as is, like, um, Sarah and I don't even reply to emails that have those in there. I'm not going to play your games, sorry. But we were all bound at one point in our life. We were all on the way to hell until God intervened, until someone presented the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to us and said, God loves you enough to pull you out of this. All he needs is your heart. All he needs is repentance. So when we are aware of people that are struggling and they're mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, and we're watching them go by and we don't say anything to them. Here's the thing is, speaking the truth and love may not be presenting the gospel to them. It might just be an encouraging word at that moment because eventually they're going to ask you why you said that to me. You say, man, you're doing a great job today uh, and just love the work you're doing. And that's like, for them, it, it, that's speaking the truth because you are speaking the truth and you're loving them enough to draw them in to show them a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or we're so afraid to tell people about Jesus. We're so afraid to talk about Jesus because why? Well, it might be offensive to somebody. Get over it. I struggle with the compassion part of life. Yes, my wife is shaking her head. Empathy and compassion. I have those. I store them up and you know, you I store them up when I need them because they don't they don't just naturally come. So I have to be like, oh, I should probably get some of that out and use it in this conversation that I'm having. But I love people enough to say to them, Hey, I don't want you to go to hell. Sometimes it it can be hard to take sometimes it can be hard to give that that phrase it can be hard to say that to somebody that you see them on a, in a lifestyle and they're on their way and you're just like I don't know what to say to them I don't know what to do I mean we see that with everybody you watch family you watch friends you watch co-workers and you're like man God loves them and they're just so messed up right now and I don't even know what to say to them think it's this you just have to go to the holy spirit and give, give me the words to say give me the words to say give me the time give me the opportunity give me the place give me that moment if it's five seconds that i can say that to them that will draw them to you jesus but we have to have compassion for the lost to do that it's not accepting sin it's not accepting whatever life they're living, it's about that God finds value in them and he wants them in his family. So loving people is telling them the truth. Not loving to tell them the truth, but just loving them and telling them the truth. And sometimes that is tough. Please, if you have more compassion and empathy than I do, use it. I have to borrow some of my wives sometime. They made us go through empathy training at work. I was like, this is stupid. I hate this. Yeah, send your compassionate people out first. I'm not the most compassionate person. I'll be like, yep, good for you. Move along. Um, but loving people 
is telling them the truth. Don't lay, leave them in, stranded in that pit. You are not going to walk by and find somebody that drove off the cliff and they're in the ditch or down in a, a ravine and be like, you'll be fine, just drive out. Yeah. Oh, you're bleeding from your head? Yeah. Here's a Band-Aid and walk off. No, it's about telling them the truth and, and giving them and giving them that hand out of that pit and, lead, and giving them uh, and showing them the door to Jesus Christ. Let's pray.